Let's see what's going on. Praise the Lord. We'll go back to David since the scriptures keep talking about David so much. The Lord talks about David. Praise the Lord. Uh, before we get rolling here, let's uh, get rolling too far here, that is. Let's go to uh, uh, first book of the New Testament, Matthew chapter 1. Look at that verse 1 right there. Look at that. These are the ancestors of Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David. Well, he never existed. <laughs> well, Jesus never did exist. Ah, oh, we know he did. Wow. Then he picks it up from Abraham. Remember, Abraham was, um, he was 10 from Noah, and uh, Noah was 10 from Adam there. But anyway, you can figure those things out uh, yourself. Okay, so let's, uh, oh, let's pick up another one right here while we're at it. Uh, I just happen to know another good one here in the book of Romans. Let's go to Romans chapter, let's see, chapter 4. Where's Romans? Here's Romans. Let's go to chapter 4. Notice uh, he's talking about Abraham, 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 but then look at this. Oh, where's it? Yeah, look at there. It is verse 6. King David spoke of this, describing. What's he talking about? Well, let's just see if we can figure it out. Remember, this is an email from Paul, and he was probably in jail. To the Romans, to people in Rome, okay? King David spoke of this, describing the happiness of an undeserved sinner. This is actually Psalm 32 he's quoting from. Look at that. An undeserving sinner, not a worthy one, an undeserving who is declared not guilty by God. Blessed and envied, he said, are those whose sins are forgiven and put out of sight. That's Psalm 32. It says, blessed is he whose sins are forgiven. That's probably what you've heard most in the King James Version. Wow. King David. Ah, King David never existed. Oh, we know better than that. Okay, so let's pick up where we left off. We finished all of 1 Samuel, which was basically all David. Well, at least by the 17th chapter. Okay, and we're about here in chapter 6. Let's make sure. Uh, he mobilized his special troops. Let's see. Okay. Oh, that's when they got the ark, so we covered that last week. Uh, and that's when his wife got all bent out of shape. You know, she was mad. Look at what she said. He exposed himself, verse 20, to all the girls among the street like a common pervert. Now, remember, he is El Kingo of all of Israel now. The SEC is united at this point. Boy, they're all with David. And he's dancing out there. I believe the King James said he was naked. King, please. The emperor's new clothes. But remember what David said about this. I was dancing before the Lord. Now, Phil and I were talking about some of this a moment ago. Who chose me above your father and his family. That was King Saul. Who appointed me as leader of Israel, the people of the Lord. So I'm willing to look like a fool in order to show my joy in the Lord. Yes, I'm, and he says, yes, and I'm willing to look even more foolish than this. But he says, I will be respected by the girls of whom you spoke. See, she had no concept of the reality of how, you know, we, <laughs> you're not going to carry anything out of this world and we didn't bring anything in it. Your life, your breath, and everything came from the Lord. And when you become a thankful person, which we are, you know, but remember, don't, don't, don't keep thinking, I'm just a smart whip. I'm just so good. I'm so handsome. I'm so this. Trust the Lord. Thank the Lord. And that's what, because if we're going to act like David and receive what he has, then this is how we do it. Praise the Lord. All right, here we go. Uh, let's see. Yeah, here's where we left. So here's the next thing that happened. When the Lord finally sent peace upon the land and Israel was no longer at war with the surrounding nations, that's because David and the Lord had just beat the poop out of everybody. Remember, that's what happened in Moses got them, out of the, got them out of Egypt. They got to the promised land under Joshua, and they wiped out the land. Then they lost it all, all in the book of Joshua. Well, in Judges chapter 1, downhill. They finally got it back. 
David said to Nathan, the prophet, I've heard of him. Yeah, he's the one that's going to, you've heard the story about Bathsheba. I mean, these are all team members. Okay. And that's coming up in a few weeks. We'll get to that story. And it's going to be so neat to have heard it. And then you can walk away going, now what's fake news and what's real news? You'll have read it and you can just throw away all the junk you've heard about Bathsheba and David. All mostly it's psychology instead of what the scriptures say. God did not fall off his throne. Did you know God didn't fall off his throne when Cain killed Abel? Oh, God went down there. No, think about it. Cain said, my punishment is too great to bear. And the Lord said, Lord, I were talking about this. Uh Oh, my punishment is too great to bear. And the Lord said, he said, everybody's going to kill me. And the Lord says, no, they're not. He said, I'll put a mark on you. Some people think that's where the black folks come from. But (laughs) Cain's folks died in the flood. So that couldn't be true. You know, after the flood, there was only eight people. Okay. Noah. Anyway, here we go. David said to Nathan, the prophet, look, I'm here living in this, look at this beautiful cedar palace while the ark is in a tent. Now hold up, look at that. Does the Lord want you to live in garbage? No. And David gave all the credit to the Lord. Look what, look what Nathan said. Go ahead and do what you have in mind, Nathan replied, for the Lord is with you. Now let's keep reading because, you know, just because this guy's a prophet doesn't mean you're always correct all the time. We're always learning. Well, Nathan missed it right here. But that very night, the Lord said to Nathan, but this is not a, you missed it. You better watch out, Mr. Nathan. No, the Lord is with you and I. He's talking to you and I constantly. The Lord said, tell my servant David not to do it, for I've never lived in a temple. Look at this. Think about it. What kind of building are you going to build for God anyway? Look at this. My home has been... In a tent ever since? Well, that's a lie. We know Israel didn't come out from Egypt because I I listened to the latest rabbi of the day. I ain't listening to that rabbi. I'm not listening to any rabbi that tells me this did never happen. Apparently the Lord's not listening. Did you see how bent out of shape this gets the Lord between you and him? If you start claiming he did not bring the people out of Egypt? Boy, he did. Let my people go. You know. They just come after all our songs. Pharaoh, Pharaoh. Phil and I were at the Mesa. Hey, let my people go. Woo. Well, that never happened. Yes, it did. And all those Sunday school stories, you know. They're about to get rid of the itsy bitsy spider. The itsy bitsy spider. They're going to try to take it all from us. But we're fighting back. Mm-mm. Look at this. He said, I have never complained to the Israel's leaders, the shepherds of my people. Have I ever asked them, why haven't you built me a beautiful cedar temple? Now go tell, give this message to David from the Lord of heaven. Now remember, you got to understand, David don't have Solomon yet. He don't even know who Bathsheba is, I doubt, you know. So he's taking all this by faith. Now, now remember, we have the details because he's telling you and I the same thing. I read the book of Galatians this week in a heartbeat. And everything God promised to Abraham, he said it over and over again, the book of Galatians is yours. All those promises are yours. All right, here we go. Ah, let's see. Now go and give this message to David from the Lord of heaven. I chose you to be the leader of my people when you were, look at that, a mere shepherd. No, he was a hot shot. He had a super IQ. No, he didn't. He did not. Praise the Lord. And you got to know you've been chosen too. Remember, all your DNA fills up the entire Grand Canyon 40 times. That's if you string it out end to end and convert it to books and volumes. I've been with you wherever you've gone and have destroyed your enemies. Look at that. No wonder David says, you're my shield. Praise the Lord. Here we go. 
Oh, here we go. And I'll make your name greater yet so that you'll be one of the most famous men in the world. Say, Richard, that's not fair. Take it or leave it. It's yours. I have selected a homeland for my people uh, from which they will never have to move. Hence, it's still over there today. It'll be their land where the heathen nations won't bother them as they did when the judges ruled my people. He's showing they got there. They lost it. The judges were ruling. Samson. Remember that story? There will be no wars against you, and your descendants shall rule this land for generations to come. Praise the Lord. Well, that's what Moses told them. If you let me be your God, you'll never have any troubles. If you do go to war, you're going to beat the poop out of them. Look at this. When you die, I'll put one of your sons on your throne and make his kingdom strong. Ah, I'm just so worried about my kids. Dr. Dean Adele. Remember him? Been on the radio. He's a doctor. I'll never forget what he said one day. I heard it. Because I didn't want to listen to the medical. But before I could switch the channel, I listened to him. He said, America is number one in health. And then he said, and America is number one in worrying about their health. Hello. Every time you see somebody, oh, whatever. I'm just worried. I'm just worried. And in the light of what we know about Jesus, why should we worry about our health? I know. Well, that bump didn't go away. (laughs) I do it too. Ooh, I wonder. God. Three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. Trust the Lord. Quit divorcing Jesus from your body. Let him be your healer. You've got to calm down. You do. I'm not saying don't go to the doctor. Of course go to the doctor. But when he tells you, well, this is rare. <laughs> and uh, we need you to start coming in every third week here for, don't lose a gasket. Don't, don't go crazy. You just need to bump it up. And go back to your promises. Don't ask nobody if God heals anymore. You go find out if he does. You go look at the scriptures. You'll find out he does. And he's on your side. Notice this. Okay, notice what he says. All right, so you're going to have a son. He's going to be on the throne. If he sins, I'll use other nations to punish him. That's the same thing Moses said. But my love and kindness will never leave, will never leave him as I took it from Saul, your predecessor. Your family shall rule my kingdom forever. So here's where that stuff was uh, about the promise of uh, basically... Jesus. So Nathan went back to David, told him everything the Lord said. Then David went into the tabernacle. That's a tent structure, just like Moses had said, build. And he sat before the Lord while all the people watched. No! You go to the Lord in secret. None of this stuff is out in the open. America can't get away with this sometimes. I mean, I've I've worked with some people too, and they'd say, you know, Richard, you know, we need to tell some people. I'm like, no, I'm not telling a soul. I'm telling Jesus only. I'm not telling anybody. Because if I tell a soul, then I'm going to be thinking, yeah, I told somebody about it. So that's why they came up. They felt sorry and they gave me something. Mm-mm. Your greatest praise reports is when you find out you went to your, the Lord by yourself. And you're thinking, nobody knew this but the Lord. Yeah, praise the Lord. Look what he says. Uh, oh, Lord, why have you showered your blessings on such an insignificant person as I am? Remember, he's the one that wrote, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Psalm 8, he wrote that. And now in addition to everything else, you speak of giving me an eternal dynasty? Remember we used that word? Auburn could use it too, but Alabama's having fun with it right now. Dynasty. <laughs> so we can relate to what that is. If we could win another championship, but we lost it last year. <laughs> Anyway, but you don't lose a championship here. Look at this. And now in addition to everything else, you're speaking of giving me an eternal dynasty, such generosity. Now notice, where is the up and down Christianity here? 
David didn't know anything about that. And that's the reason we have to throw it all away today. You know, I actually had a guy tell me one time that the Psalms are not for us today because it's so strong. Victory, victory, victory. Well, the Psalms are not for us today. <laughs> Don't listen to him. Such generosity is far beyond any human standard. Oh, Lord, what can I say? For you know what I'm, what I'm like. You are doing these things just because you promised to and because you want to. How great you are, Lord. We have never heard of any other God like you. There is no other God. What other nation in the world has received such blessings as Israel? Your people. You have rescued your chosen nation in order to bring glory to your name. You have done, look at this. You've done great miracles to destroy Egypt and its God. Now remember, this is roughly 500 years after Moses. Apparently David was paying attention, wasn't he? You chose Israel to be your people forever, and you became our God. And now, Lord God, do as you promised. You ought to tell the Lord that. He promised you healing. Tell him to do it. Lord, do it. Just do what you said do. Concerning me and my family. How selfish. How selfish. This is how you win. It is called faith. Don't say, if it's the Lord's will, and if he'll do it, I know he'll do it for Bob. Or please do it for Bob. Get you. You need help. You're the one with the mosquito bites itching you up and bad case of poison ivy. Yeah, but the Lord don't help on that. Yeah, he won't as long as you act that way. You need to say, Lord, I am such a mess. I've got to have help. i got calamine lotion all over me and I cannot stop itching. You and Jesus are going to fix this. It's going to be great. Let him fix you. I can't turn my neck past this point. You know, I've been there. I know what some of it, Ask the Lord. He'll help you. Here we go. For you reveal to me, O Lord God of heaven, that I am to have a dynasty that's going to rule your people forever. That's why I've been bold enough to pray this prayer of acceptance. Look at that. For you are indeed God, and your words are truth, and you have promised me these good things. I mean, he's signing up for it, saying, okay, okay, okay. Look what he says to you. This is the end of that one. So do as you promised. Bless me and my family forever. May our dynasty continue on before you, for you, Lord God, have promised it. David's expecting these things. Okay. Remember, there was no such thing as chapters and verses. This was constant history. After David subdued and humbled the Philistines by conquering Gath, their largest city. Man, he is on a roll. Well, it's the Lord. He devastated the land of Moab. Okay. He divided his victims by making them lie down side by side in rows. Remember, this is history. This is not supposed to be, oh, what a Christian thing to do. Okay. Two-thirds were in a row. He measured with a tape. They were butchered. Two-thirds were butchered. One-third were spared to become David's servants. They paid him tribute each year. Oh, God, I just can't read the Bible, Richard. This is just... Man, you are... Do you know why David conquered these people? They were trying to kill, they were trying to kill Israel. Same thing today over there. What are they screaming over in Iran? Death to Israel! Also, death to America, too. We're going to roll over and let that happen? I don't think so. Thank God our nation's smart enough. Okay, he also destroyed the forces of King Hadadesser, the son of Rehob, of the Zoab in, the battle of the, in a battle at the Euphrates River. For Hadadesser had attempted to regain his power. Boy, David put a stop to it. Now, who can we blame for all this success? Jesus was there. David captured 1,700 cavalry and 20,000 infantry. He lamed all the chariot horses except for 100 teams. Wow, he slaughtered 22,000 Syrians from Damascus when they came to try to help that guy, Hadassar. David placed several army garrisons in Damascus. Well, that's what you do. You put your little army, you got Fort so-and-so over here. Man, this stuff's working. Uh, And the Syrians became David's subjects and brought him annual tribute. 
So the Lord gave him victories. Look at that. Wherever he turned. Where have you heard that before? David wrote Psalm 1. Whatever you do will prosper. Now you're going to turn from the Lord or start saying the Lord doesn't do this or you start saying I'm such a big shot like Nebuchadnezzar did. Nebuchadnezzar said, I have done all this by my power. And the Lord told him, no, I raised you up to deal with Israel because Israel's worshiping other gods. Nebuchadnezzar got big headed. He turned into a looney tune for seven years and he got his kingdom back. Remember that? And he was praising God. Wow. History, not a mythological story. Anyway. So, look at this. David brought the gold shields to Jerusalem. We don't need that filthy gold, which King Hadesser's officer had used. He carried back to Jerusalem a very large amount of bronze from Hadesser's cities of Betan and whatever the place. Then King Toy of Hamath heard that about David's victory over his army Hadesser. He sent his son Joram to congratulate him, for Hadesser and Toy were enemies. He gave David presents, so then there was good guys and bad guys. Yeah. David's friends were these dudes, too. He gave David presents from silver and gold and bronze. David dedicated all these things to the Lord. What a waste. Use it for yourself. David, do better. Praise the Lord. There's something about giving to the Lord. That the Lord says, I'm going to take care of you. Anyway. That he'd taken from Syria, Moab, Ammon, and the Philistines, Amalek, and King Edesser. Remember, remember Moab, these two nations here are descendants of Lot. You know. They didn't come out of nowhere. Anyway, so David became very famous. After he returned, he destroyed 18,000 Edomites. Those Edomites, their daddy, 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 all the way down the line was Jacob and Esau, was Esau. Anyway, at the Valley of Salt. And then he placed garrisons throughout Edom. So that entire nation was forced to pay tribute to Israel. Another example of the way the Lord made him victorious wherever he went. Now, God wasn't just wiping these guys out because, well, you know. Remember, God promised, oh, just remember where we're at. We're at 8-1. Well, actually, we're, we're a lot further than that. We're at the end of 8. Let me show you this. Let's go to Genesis chapter 15, something God told uh, Abraham. Yeah, the Lord's speaking to him, said, I brought you out of... Here's notice what the Lord told him. He says, verse 13, Genesis 15, 13. Your descendants will be oppressed as slaves in a foreign land for 400 years. Egypt. It happened to the T. 430 years. But he said, I'm going to bring them out. Look at that. With great wealth. Oh, that happened. Boy, they were loaded. He said, you're going to die in peace at a ripe old age. Remember, all these promises to Abraham are ours. So quit thinking next week you're going to come down with something. You need to come right back to this and say, Lord. Lord, you promised me this. That's faith, okay? You'd do that to the city of Huntsville if they promised you a rebate or whatever. Oh, we've charged you too much. Go back down there and say, hey, here's what the letter I got. The letter says you're going to pay me whatever. They'll straighten it out. After four generations, they're going to return to the same. Look at this. For the wickedness of the... We just mentioned that. Amorite nations living here will not be ready for punishment until then. I mean, they're throwing their kids to the fire. They're doing all sorts of horrible things. Wasn't like, well, God's just so mean. I just can't read the Bible because God, it's, it's just, oh, there's just slaughter. And please, you're going to get slaughtered too if we don't fight back. All right, here we go. Oh, let's see, where did we get to? Yeah, here we are. So David became very famous. All right, and there's the Edomites. There was Ammon we were looking at just a moment ago. Anyway, they were all forced to pay tribute. Okay, David returned with justice over. David reigned with justice over Israel and was fair to everyone. 
the general of his army was Joab. There he is. And his secretary of state, look at this. This is a bunch of bozos. They, whoever the drunk guy was that wrote this, he put this in there just to make us feel good. Oh, really? Look at this. His secretary of state was Jehoshaphat. It's a different one. Son of Ahadu. Uh, Zadok and Amalekite, son of Abathar, were the high priest. Jesus mentioned this guy. Sariah was the king's private secretary. Benaniah, son of Joida, was the captain of his bodyguard. And David's sons were his assistants, which made sense. He had about probably 10 sons right now, teenagers or whatever with him. Look at that. Wow. Let's pick up another one. What else happened? One day, David began wondering if any of Saul's family was still living. He wanted to be kind to them as he promised Prince Jonathan. Remember, Jonathan and him were real close. They swore to each other that they wouldn't kill each other's kids. You know, whatever. Jonathan and David, they loved each other. (laughs) Jonathan's dad was the nut. Okay. He heard about a man named Ziba who had been one of Saul's servants and summoned him. Hey, are you Ziba? The king asked, yes, sir, I am. The king then asked him, is anyone left from Saul's family? Yeah, there was. Remember that little kid that his nurse was running with him and she fell and messed up his legs? That's him. So I want to fulfill a sacred vow by being kind to him. Well, Ziba said, yeah, Jonathan's lame son. Wow, Jonathan's son's still alive. Where is he? In Lodabar, Ziba, uh, South Huntsville or whatever, okay, at the home of Makar. So King David sent for Mephibosheth, Jonathan's son and Saul's grandson. Mephibosheth arrived in great fear and greeted the king in deep humility, bowing low before him. See, this guy had fake news too. He thought he was going to get executed because all the word was, boy, if you're, if you're kin to Saul, you're toast. Remember David didn't cut his, ro- he cut his robe? He took his water jug. He could have killed Saul. It was just infuriating David that Saul was thinking that David's going to kill me. David loved him. Anyway, David said, don't be afraid. I've asked you to come so that I can be kind to you and to fulfill my vow to your father, Jonathan. I'll restore to you the land that your grandfather saw and you'll live here at my palace. Praise God. Mephibosheth fell to the ground before the king. Should the king show kindness to a dead dog like me? Yeah. Wonder what he'll do for you. Praise the Lord. Then the king summoned Saul's servant Ziba. I've given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. He said, you and your sons and servants are, are to farm the land for him and produce food for his family, but he's going to live with me. Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Now, why do we have that for? Because it's history. And I'll tell you something else that's coming up. Mr. Mephibosheth is going to make a boo-boo later on, probably 20 years from now. When David's son decides to turn against his dad, David and all his palace, they escape in the night. But guess what you think is going to happen to David? The Lord rescues David and he comes right back. This clown here is going to act like, hey, I'm a hot shot now. And he's going to find himself in some hot water. This guy here is going to constantly be loyal to David. And so when David comes back and finds out what this guy does, guess what happens? All this land and all this man's 15 sons, David says, Ziba, they're yours. Man, I tell you, it, it pays to be a blessing. It pays to serve the Lord. But anyway, let's keep going here. So Ziba had 15 sons. And, so, and you'll read this in no time. You're going to be right to it shortly. Uh, so from that time on, Meshivatheth ate regularly with King David as though he were one of his sons. Mephibosheth had a son named Micah, 
Okay, all the household of Ziva came to uh, Mephibosheth. Oh, excuse me, I missed that. All the household of Ziva became Mephibosheth's servants, but Mephibosheth, who was lame in both feet, he moved to Jerusalem to live at the palace. Let's catch one more. That went real fast. Sometime after, after this, the Ammonite king died, and his son Hannah replaced him. I'm going to show great respect for him, David said. Now, if you remember, that king over there, just a few chapters before, remember David was undercover when he was running from Saul, and he was actually working for that Ammonite king. I'm going to show great respect for him, David said, because his father Nahash has always been loyal and so kind to me. David sent ambassadors to express regrets that Hannah about his father's death. Oh, but Hannah's officers, you know, I tell you what. You know, if these guys had been loving the Lord, they wouldn't have misunderstood this. So they, they gave him some bad information. These men aren't here to honor you, your father. David sent them to spy out the city before attacking it. Yeah, that's what it is. So Hannah took David's men. Look what they did. Shaved off half their beards, cut their robes to their rear ends. Get it, buttocks? Did you see that Gene Wilder movie where their back end showing? Okay, that's about it. Okay. Their butts were showing. When David heard what happened, he said to them, stay in Jericho until your beards grow back. That'd take a few weeks. For the men were embarrassed over their appearance. I guess so. What do you think David's going to do? Well, remember, Jesus is a pacifist. He is no pacifist. He turned the water into wine. He ran everybody out of that temple. He called high priest and a bunch of vipers and snakes. I don't really think that's being real sweet, you know. Okay, here we go. Now, the people of Ammon realized how seriously they had angered. <laughs> I mean, they knew. Oh, no. They hired. They went out and said, well, we better get some help. They hired a bunch of losers. Remember, David just beat the Syrians. Hired 20,000 Syrian mercenaries from the lands of Rehob and Zohab and 1,000 from King Meha and 10,000 from... Well, remember of David would write, and he'd be singing this, though 10,000 of people... I'm not going to fear. That's Psalm, Psalm 3. I will not be afraid of 10,000 of people. That's 10,000. Dave, we're talking 300,000. I will not be afraid of 300,000. It doesn't make any difference what the number is. So here they go. When David heard about this, boy, he said, Hey, Joab, we got a problem. Come here. And the entire Israel army uh, to attack them. The Ammonites defended the gates of their city while the Syrians from Zoab, Rohab, this place, this place, they fought in the fields. When Joab, oh, this is a great story. When Joab realized he would have to fight on two fronts, oh my gosh, Dustin knows the story. He could take it from here. This is a great story. When Joab realized that he'd have to fight on two fronts, he selected his best fighters in his army, placed them under his personal command and took them out to fight the Syrians in the field. He left the rest of the army uh, to his brother Abishai, who was to attack the city. And I tell you, these are the top 30 guys that were, the names were mentioned. These guys are, anyway. If I need assistance against the Syrians, I'll come. He said, come out and help me, Joab instructed him. And if the Ammonites are too strong for you, I'll come and help you. Wow. Can you do that? Yeah. Look at this. Verse 12. Courage, we must really act like men today if we're going to save our people from the cities of, of, look at our God. May the Lord's will be done. And Joab and his troops attacked. The Syrians began to run away. <laughs> then when the Amorites saw the Syrians running, they ran too and retreated into the city. Afterward, Joab returned to Jerusalem. The Syrians now realized they were no match for Israel. Well, you're never going to be a match for Israel as long as we're trusting the Lord. So when, they, uh, so when they regrouped, they were joined by the additional Syrian troops summoned by Hadezer from the other side of the Euphrates River. These troops arrived at Helam under the can of this guy, commander-in-chief of all of Hadezer's forces. When David heard what was happening, 
David said, I'm going, buddy. David, don't you realize you're getting a little old here? I'm not worried. I'm going out there. He personally led the Israeli army to Helam where the Syrians attacked him. But the Syrians fled from Israel, this time leaving 700 charioteers dead. I mean, good grief. Doesn't the Bible say in the book of uh, Romans, we're going to stop here, we are more than conquerors? Yes, hallelujah. So, okay, let's see. They were dead on the field, also 40,000 cavalrymen. Where's all the dead Israelis? What do you mean dead Israelis? Remember the story when Moses and they attacked right when they got to the promised land? They weren't in there yet. The generals came back and they said, uh, we did a count. We didn't lose a man. <laughs> yeah, you ain't going to lose a man, praise the Lord. Here we go. When Edessa's allies saw that the Syrians had been defeated, they surrendered to David and became his servants. And the Syrians were afraid to help the Ammonites anymore after that. Praise God. Nobody's going to mess with you either. All right, so the same time frame. Let's just take a shot in the dark here. Let's look at the book of Psalms. Oh, we'll take three anyway. Watch this. Let's see if this matches what he said. He wrote this. Well, they say it's when he had to flee from his own son. Same thing, though. Watch what he says. Oh, Lord, so many are against me. This is Psalm 3. How long did it take you to find Psalm 3 out of 150? Pretty quick. Psalm 1 is only like eight verses. Psalm 2, maybe 15. And here you are. I have so many enemies. You ever felt like that? So many say that God will never help me. And your mind may have said, well, hey, God ain't going to help me. You throw that out the window because that's just another voice. I'm not listening to that. Lord, you are my help. But Lord, you are my shield and my glory, my only hope. You alone can lift my head now bowed in shame. Let me put that in the language that we've heard it all our life. Let's go to King James. Look at that. Uh, thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. Well, we're used to hearing that, but let's put it back in Alabama language. But Lord, you are my shield, my glory, my only hope. My only chance I got you. You alone. Because I'm sitting here going, I can't, it ain't gonna, this is not going to be good. I cried to the Lord, and he heard me out of his temple in Jerusalem. Then I laid, look at this, I went to sleep. I mean, we've all been, I, just, I didn't sleep last night. God, bother me. When you know where these things are, you'll go back and read them. You'll go, I'm going to bed. Make yourself believe the Bible. Look at that. Then I lay down and slept in peace and woke up safely, for the Lord was watching over me. And now, here it is. And now, look what he says. Though ten thousands of people, enemies, excuse me, surround, that's the end of that. Surround me on every side. I'm not afraid. Now, if you're a student of the Bible, and, and we are, and you've been reading your Bible, all things are going to pop off in your head. You're going, oh, I remember Elijah. Yeah, a thousand years, well, 500 years from here, maybe 300 years from now. They were coming after Elisha, okay? And Elisha, his little sidekick said, we're surrounded. And Elijah, Elisha said, no, we're not. There's more that be with us than be with them. The, and the Lord said, or he, he told the Lord, he said, hey, Lord, open his eyes so he can see. And that guy had his eyes open to what he could see. And the chariots of fire were surrounding him. And David wrote Psalm 34, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about those that fear him and delivereth him. He's not there to put his arm around you just for fun. It's going to be all right. You're going to die in a minute, but you're going to be, no, you're going to live, praise the Lord. All right, back to this so we can stop. So 
I'm going to go to sleep is what he said. And now, although 10,000 enemies surround me on every side, I'm not afraid. I will cry to him, arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. He'll slap them in the face, insulting them and breaking off their teeth. Well, that's not very Christian-like. Well, now, wait a minute. Stop all that. It is too. They're trying to kill you. For salvation, look at that. And that's not going to heaven. We got that. For salvation comes from God. What joys he gives to all his people. See what... I'm happy I'm going to heaven, but I'm a little bit worried about <laughs> making it from here to the house. There's engines out there, or there's something out there, or maybe I'm worried about my health, or something like that. I don't need to be worried about that. So the joy he's talking about here is he's going to get you out of trouble. Praise the Lord. Well, we're looking at David, and Jesus is a son of David, and wow, his kingdom will never end. So apparently what David was doing is what we're supposed to be doing. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We just thank you. If we're not feeling good, you'll take care of that. And if we're hurting financially, obviously you'll take care of that. And if it's some big bad problem, no matter what it is, trying to steal our sleep or anything because we're worried about it, you'll fix that. Praise the Lord. So that doesn't leave anything left for us to just go out and act like David did, which is what Jesus did, knowing that Jesus is there to help us and we'll be able to tell others about you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, 32 minutes.